0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. Seventh heaven for Messi, a newly concocted award as a consolation prize for the luckless Lewandowski, and an angry Instagram tirade from Cristiano Ronaldo. The first ball on door ceremony in two years is over, and there is plenty to discuss. And to help me do that, I am joined by CBS Sports' Ben Jacobs. The Kagolasso Pod begins right now what is going on everybody thank you so much for listening for watching do us a favor like comment subscribe all those things help us get found helps make this community bigger and better and helps us to continue making free episodes for all of you but now ben jacobs what is going on man thanks for joining me how's it
1: going heath did you
0: intentionally just nail
1: up the argentina shirt behind you straight after the ballon d'or result
0: yeah, for anybody that's uh, just listening to this in audio form, uh, my Bayern Munich shirt that I wore on my chest—I had it in my background earlier in this week—is now down on the ground, uh, and magically, an, an Argentine shirt uh, from a match that I got to play in in 2008—it's actually Cunegarros, um, so it's not Lionel Messi's—is up on the wall because these are the sign of the times, uh, and I'm just going with it. I'm not exactly happy, Ben, but want to get your thoughts right off the top. Do you feel uh, just from that the award going to Lionel Messi? How hard done do you think Lewandowski was on this one? And we'll get more into the layers of all this, but do you think this was Messi's to lose or Lewandowski's? Well, I think when we talk
1: about what I think more tellingly is perhaps what the organisers think and the very fact last minute and secretively they introduced a consolation award (laughs) for the best striker or the top scorer in 2021 that not only told us that Messi was going to win a seventh and record Ballon d'Or but also that they themselves were aware of the sort of fallout on social media and beyond if Lewandowski didn't win. I think everyone's in agreement that 2020 Lewandowski would have won his first Ballon d'Or but then you look at his stats 54 appearances 64 goals in 2021 and nine assists and that's still not good enough so of course Messi won the Copa America and no doubt is still very much in or around his peak despite being in his mid-30s but personally I think Lewandowski can feel very very hard done by
0: yeah as, as far as you can remember do you was there ever a time that you felt another player was was done in this way? Obviously, the unfortunate nature of playing in the generation of, of Messi and Ronaldo was that they were going to win the bulk of these awards. But in a year like this, you just mentioned Lewandowski's stats. And it just seems like you could not be more of a complete player or a better player in terms of winning things. And I know... The hard part is when you compare national team and international schedules and results and things like that. It gets a little bit muddied in the waters in terms of who's even capable of it. We're going to probably see that with Erling Haaland at some point in his career. Is how far can he take uh, this? his Norwegian national team, which may be not very far at all uh, in the end. And that could come back to, to, to haunt him as well. Do you remember in, in recent history or in any sort of history where a player was more hard done by, than this?
1: No, I can't think of any individual year where a player was more hard done by. Not if we're looking at the stats anyway. I mean, there's years where Xavi and Iniesta have finished in second place and third And you think, okay, but then you look at who's won and you're kind of like Messi and Ronaldo are dominating. And obviously, it's a positional thing as well. So if you're a goal scorer like Lewandowski, then you tend to have that glitz and glamour around your numbers. And therefore, when you have a breakthrough season or a standout season or sustain yourself in terms of dominance, and Lewandowski's done that since 2020, you feel like you're going to win. I think when you look at the third-place finisher in Jorginho, some will say he should feel hard done by as well. Although in the build-up, we thought he was going to finish a little bit lower. Mo Salah in seventh, somehow Ronaldo finished above him as well. So there's a number of players this year that will feel that their positions are lower than they expected or lower than the stats suggest. And when you're not a goal scorer, it's a lot harder to kind of bump yourself up the order and get the votes that matter to either win it or finish somewhere close. But when you're Robert Lewandowski, what makes it feel an injustice is that every single person can see what he's done on and off the field. And then just a week or so before the Ballon d'Or, he's scoring an overhead kick in the snow and it's still not good enough. And you compare that naturally as you will to kind of recent history towards the back end of the year. So I get the Messi fans will say, "Copper America, look at his age, it's a record, he's dominated along with Ronaldo this particular trophy. But it's very difficult not to judge in the build-up to the Ballon d'Or because you assume that's going to have some influence as well on the voting system. And when you look at the last few months, Lewandowski, red-hot form, and Messi going weeks and weeks and weeks without scoring in league 1. So Messi's dipped over the last two months, more so domestically than in the Champions League, and he's moved to PSG, whereas Lewandowski has sustained himself at Bayern and is scoring wonder goals. And I think that just adds to the sense and the narrative of injustice
0: yeah, I feel like the only time that the Lewandowski uh, chatter got quiet was when he was uh, for a short time injured. But then he gets back on the field and you wonder what the what that's going to have if it's going to have some sort of effect to his form. But as soon as he steps back on the field, he is scoring more than anyone. And I feel like again, that the invention of a brand new award to make him feel good almost feels like a slap in the face to the system. And you know I, I, I'd spoken to some people at at Feef Pro. back when the FIFPro Pro had their has their 11. And one of the concerns that they had from a global voting mechanism for, for players for, for the World 11 was that most players just thought about people that were the top of mind, right? They didn't think about the stats. And so I, as a player, was I remember sitting the last time I did it, I was sitting in a locker room with the Montreal Impact and filling out my 11, sitting with other players, going like, yeah, Marcelo sounds like a left back that should be on the 11 because it's a, a subjective experience. Quite frankly, it had no effect on me. But when you have this tumbling effect of people, and the chatter and the noise. How much of this do you think is, is, is uh naivety? Uh, how much do you think this is, is merit-based? Because it just certainly feels, I don't, it, it just felt like there was a time for change. And when the game is going through uh, this resurgence, so to speak, and there's all these shuffling and teams are, you know, the, the leagues have a new world order, so to speak from France to, to Italy, to, to even the premier league in terms of who the top four is and who's challenging. It felt like a ripe time for something new. And so What do you think sort of what was the DNA of the decision that went into this with so many people still voting Messi to be the best? And again, there is some objectivity to that, but it seems primarily subjective when you compare that to what Lewandowski is doing. And on top of that, it just felt like the perfect year to say, yeah, well, let's roll 2020 or 2019 into this whole thing because it's it makes more sense. Like if you're ever there's going to be an asterisk and you're going to give it to somebody new. This seemed to be the perfect one. Do, do, do Do you feel differently? I'm going to give you a cynical
1: answer, which is rather than it was the right time for something new, it was the only time for something old. And what I mean by that is it's the end of a Ballon d'Or era. Messi's won a record seventh, but I'll be staggered if we come back in 2022 and he gets eight or more. And let's not forget that Johan Cruyff in 2012, before he sadly passed away, said that Messi would reach this astonishing total of seven. But this, for me, is Messi's last Ballon d'Or. And I don't want to take anything away from Messi's 2021. Still astonishing. He got that international trophy. But if we're comparing him to Lewandowski and trying to look at it in the most objective way we can, at that point Lewandowski for me has simply had a better calendar year than Lionel Messi and some would argue that Jorginho and even Karim Benzema have as well and you can go all the way down potentially to Mo Salah before I personally start to place Lionel Messi aside from that one fact that yes He got a copper, America and he was the co-MVP along with Neymar. But if I'm being cynical, I think the tournament organisers looking at the DNA of how they came to this decision had to also factor in that if they didn't give Messi a record seventh now, that might be it. So it's this strange sort of dichotomy, not really in the sense of Lewandowski, because he, of course, isn't a young player or a next generational player. But I think that's it for this era of yeah. Messi and Ronaldo and after this we move on to the Mbappes and the Neymars and I think there was a solution here I mean I was going to ask you this Heath as well why create that award for the best striker or the top goal scorer in 2021 as opposed to just nodding to 2020 and saying we couldn't do a ballon in 2020 but we're going to do it now Lewandowski 2020 Messi 2021 to leave with a trophy and everyone's happy do you think that would have been a bad idea? No, I think it would have been a great idea.
0: And I think it would have settled it. I still would have thought that, uh, I still would have, in theory, thought that Lewandowski was hard done this year to not even leave with two. But it seemed like an absolute uh, solution to a problem to say, hey, we're actually going to do two. Don't make up a fake award. That's not going to go on his wall somewhere when he knows that, this was perhaps better. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, th- I think that would have been a great solution. And just because you say early on, hey, we're canceling it because, you know, all the leagues aren't playing and things like that. I can understand that. But to come back and say, hey, this is history and this should be done right. And perhaps we in, in the chaos of a pandemic and, and COVID and things that were much bigger than the game of football, we lost sight of what this thing meant or we did what we thought was safe or the right thing to do at the time. Now, after giving it some thought, we feel that the best thing would do to actually go back and vote and do this again. And obviously, I don't think there would be any recency bias or I mean, maybe there is, but it would still all lean towards Lewandowski during that period. There was nobody better for sure. Even Messi made the statement saying uh, Lewandowski uh, should have won the award in, in that season. So I think that could have been a solution. I guess my follow up with you on that would be. Do you think Benzema – and I think the, the creation of that award feels a little bit like a pat on on, on the head for a Benzema, for a Lewandowski, for an Ibrahimović if it existed back then during his peak era of of sort of being hard done by that. I think the, the more that you can sort of build out that world while it isn't the, the ball on door, I do think the evolution of the awards is, is important just because of the fact that, like you said, Jorginho, he's got an argument for that. But giving him third is like, hey, this is great, but you're not a striker. like. You've had a great season. We're going to vote you close to this, but not, uh, not that close. And I think having more awards specific, and again, I don't think you should go out trying to set up awards So everybody wins and, and, and ultimately ball on door. just feels like a very, um, just a very, uh, a, a sharp nosed, uh, award that very few people can win. It's going to be a long time. I don't know if a goalkeeper gets back into the mix. Now that the Messi Ronaldo era is likely done. Um, so yeah, I, I'm curious your thoughts on that. If if, if you think uh, that award is, is is better suited for the future, or if we should just limit it to that, and then it becomes just basically about who's the best striker is. And then part two of that is how important you think this is for for PSG to now have a Ballon d'Or in house. I think that from
1: the perspective of the award, the challenge is historically the Ballon d'Or goes to strikers and goal scorers, and therefore this year you do have a difference between the top scorer in the calendar year of 2021, Lewandowski, 64 goals, and Lionel Messi, the Ballon d'Or winner. But generally speaking, if a striker has a breakthrough year, they'll end up being the top scorer as well. So they'll be picking up two awards and the striker of the year becomes a bit redundant, unless, as you say, you start branching it out and it becomes a striker, a midfielder, a defender. We've already got a goalkeeper award. So we're sort of missing the middle of the field almost in many respects if the Ballon going predominantly to a striker and then there's a best goalkeeper award which Donnarumma took but there's a lot of discrepancies generally in how it works because obviously if you're going to nominate Donnarumma in the Ballon d'Or and he's the only goalkeeper it also makes the best goalkeeper award a little bit redundant as well because how on earth is he not the best goalkeeper if he's the only goalkeeper in the best 30 players list so there's a lot to be done to kind of shape these awards in a way that are as authentic as possible and I think they can also be more personality driven so I was personally a bit disappointed to see Simon Kier only called out rather than given an official fair play award and I think that Kasper Schmeichel who was on the goalkeepers list should have also been given an equal shout out because he played such a big part as well in helping to save Christian Eriksen's life so Kier and Schmeichel for me could have had an award and it gives you the opportunity around fair play to really authentically tell an emotional story or an inspiring story And that in itself can help showcase a role model to a new demographic, maybe watching the Ballon d'Or for the first time. So there's shaping, I think, for the awards to be done. But striker of the year very much felt like a, yikes there's going to be riots across social media if Lewandowski doesn't win let's find another award for him and it's a way of getting both of them at the ceremony because there's a danger otherwise if Lewandowski knows he's not won that he doesn't come much like Ronaldo doesn't come and then suddenly there's a whole storm around Messi winning and that kind of takes the edge off it and then from PSG's perspective I mean they'll like the fact as a brand they can just take the Ballon d'Or back to the Parc de Prince and use that photographically and visually and take Messi with all of his seven trophies for them I think it's about having that visual back in their own backyard having had a Ballon d'Or in Paris and maybe they'll take all seven to the Eiffel Tower or within their stadium and the fact that because they're a French club and because this is a French given award they can kind of utilize that whole setting it's not necessarily that good for the football team I don't think it really impacts upon the dressing room because the dressing room deep down they know that he's not won it because of anything that he's done at PSG but it allows Nasser out. Al- Khalifi and Leonardo to shape that visual back under the club's branding, give their sponsors some kind of added value as well. And in doing so, tell the story of Messi's history under a PSG light, which is obviously very good from a football club's perspective. If you're talking about the brand rather than any benefit that may kind of continue from winning that on the field.
0: Yeah. It it seems to me that, that the award ceremony, uh, what was happening in angst and fear it didn't feel fun like you said it lacked that human element of being able to say hey yes this is a prestigious award it's been going on for a long time but we're also in sort of extraordinary uh times and circumstances and therefore we should have had an award for uh, simon kier or celebrate the year that was in big moments and heroic things that that took place as opposed to sort of the try hardy poor writing and you know joke slinging nature of like the angsty crowd where everybody's hearing things in multiple languages and there's a delay and it feels a little bit awkward and it feels like it missed that that human emotion so to speak how important do you think it is for the the players um to get together if you're Lewandowski I mean do you not want to have a conversation with the other guys there or or girls there and say hey something feels off about this whole thing and we're sort of playing this role of of needing to come here and smile and wave and kiss babies and sign autographs and and be the these these these, these hero figures but we have so little say in all of this and our, 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 our so almost like our our futures are be, being decided for us do you think the players have a role to play in, in the evolution of this awards to making it uh, more entertaining better more more complimentary uh, to 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 the work of the footballer and things that happen like you said both on and off the field I think, first of all, the players should turn up out of respect, win or
1: lose. Obviously, Ronaldo's got a little bit of beef with the organisers because he thinks they misquoted him and he posted before the ceremony on Instagram basically calling the Ballon d'Or organisers liars and saying that he wanted to win more Ballon d'Ors than Messi. That's not, quote, his sole aim. And we can have a look at the posts now on the screen if you're watching this podcast visually. And it was very strong from Ronaldo. But taking that kind of beef aside and i'd love to get your thoughts on that heath i think to answer your question the organizers can first of all not inform the winners and then anyone that thinks they're a contender will have to show up and then they react to winning a bit more authentically without already knowing that it's going to happen and i think knowing it's going to happen allows you to plan so Messi can therefore get the tailor out to get all the matching suits because he knows he's going to get his photo opportunity with him and his kids and that was absolutely brilliant and Donna Donnarumma can practice his French and by the way it needs a lot of improvement <sighs> to him for trying but I think that's one aspect so then everybody comes, shows respect, nobody knows who's going to win or at least you're not told directly and therefore you get a more authentic reaction and then The second thing that I think both the organisers and the players can do is have more crossovers. So I was really pleased to hear Messi congratulate Robert Lewandowski and talk about that rivalry for goal scoring over 2021. But I was also really pleased, and I think we should say this as well, because we kind of questioned the striker of the year award, but the club of the year accolade was a great addition for me because it united men and women and Mm -hmm. therefore when Chelsea win that it's an opportunity to hear from Thomas Tuchel and Emma Hayes together and it's a chance to showcase a football club that are supporting equality that are backing their women's team and of course Chelsea reached the Champions League final and won it but they also got to the final of the Women's Champions League too and they won the WSL as well so that's a way to answer your question of integrating not only men and women, but different players and managers to speak about the same topics. And for me, that was one of the more authentic moments of the evening. So the more of that at the Ballon d'Or going forward, the better.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think uh, as Emma Hayes spoke about, obviously the, the the honor of being part of that, and Thomas Tuchel going on to talk about not just the men's and the women's, but the academy as well. Just sort of the the the, the, the a holistic approach to having uh, a top level club. I think is so so often in the past it was like, yeah, we've got a good academy, we've got a good first team, and then there's not a discussion of men and women. And I think the more that that happens, the the, the better. The, these awards are going to be and the more substantial and respected they're going to be in terms of growing with the times. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the Ronaldo rant. Uh, I know you just mentioned it a little bit quote misquoted or, or, or quoted correctly. Do, do you feel, cause we know there's the tension between him and Messi? Do you feel that there's an opportunity one at a level to get back to this? Uh, I know you mentioned this is sort of the end of an era. Uh, how much do you think of that as, is a bitter pill to swallow for him and kind of coming out with these statements and having a little bit of a, Uh, a temper tantrum versus him trying to clear his name legitimately. I mean, it's a temper tantrum, not necessarily
1: with not winning, but certainly with the organizers. And you look at when he posted it an hour before the ceremony started, and that tells you everything because it gleans all of the attention and the headlines. And even with Messi winning, we're still talking about Ronaldo. So the timing Mm. of the post was absolutely intentional. My personal opinion, I'd love to know yours, is that neither Messi or Ronaldo will win another Ballon d'Or period. And that means that we end at 7-5. And if Ronaldo had somehow had a better 2021 and won this Ballon d'Or, it would have been six against six. And I guarantee you then he would have turned up and spoken about the rivalry and said how 2022 is an opportunity for both of them as a swan song to try and get ahead of each other in the count and get to seven. So I kind of believe that there's some truth in terms of the organizer's perspective, that at some point they were probably told that Messi and Ronaldo were very intent in beating each other in Ballon d'Or counts. But I don't believe it's Ronaldo's sole aim because that's ridiculous. Like, of course you want the accolade of well done, you've had a great calendar year, but a calendar year is not a season. And Ronaldo cares about trophies. So if you're saying, what do you want to beat Messi in Champions Leagues, in total trophies, in goals or in Ballon d'Ors? Like, yeah, there's crossover in the sense the more of the first three you get, the more likely you are to win a Ballon d'Or. But if you're saying to Ronaldo, what do you want to beat Messi in? He absolutely is going to say trophies, leagues, Champions League, goals, assists and then Ballon d'Or because Ballon d'Or is not definitive there's factual elements to it but it's ultimately subjective whereas the amount of goals you score or trophies you score or assists that you score are black and white so some would argue that they're a stronger gauge in terms of who's better if we're looking at things from a statistical perspective so the rant surprised me because it was a bit diva-like I thought it was slightly disrespectful not to turn up but then if he's been angered by the organizers comments in the build-up maybe that prompted him to snub the invite but I think my override feeling here is that if there is any kind of Ballon d'Or rivalry between them, it's over statistically now, because as I said before, and I don't know what you think, Heath, but I don't think either of them will now win another Ballon d'Or.
0: Yeah. And, and again, the, the the only disappointment for me in in, in in all of that is not whether Messi finishes than, with more than Ronaldo. It's just about the fact that we have a Kareem Benzema who's going to have to do another 12 months of incredible work or Lewandowski who's going to have to stay in peak form, which he's been in for a decade straight only to fall short to be able to win this. And, and that's the part that's disappointing to me. Cause like you said, we're probably entering the new era where they get, you know, to keep that or sustain the level that they have at their own age. Uh, It might just be that gap in generation where now we're looking at the, the Erling Hollands we're talking about Mbappe and maybe Neymar has, has a part of the conversation or we're going wider in terms of uh, positionally, but let's, I'm going to read off the, 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 The winners of the other awards, obviously, the Copa Award going to Pedri, uh, the young player. Barcelona hasn't featured as much in this new campaign, but has been fantastic. Was there anybody uh, off the top of your head that that you thought might be able to to steal that one away from him? No, I don't think so. I mean, Pedri was the golden boy as well.
1: So once he won the golden boy, it was always likely that he was going to claim the young player of the year. A phenomenal talent, a versatile footballer as well. I was really pleased just to hear Greenwood mentioned in the conversation. And that's a name that I think we should be watching over the next 12 months, particularly as he develops under new management, of course, at Manchester United. But Pedri, for me, was always the outstanding candidate. That was probably the one category where I was just 100% convinced the, the winner would be Pedri. And even though there was a lot of other young talent in that conversation from that shortlist, he was always the clear favourite for me.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and, and and more than anything with that list, I'm just excited about the young prospects. As we look, I was just talking to our producer Dez, off this saying, "Man, where do we go from here? Where do you go in terms of the future uh, world stars?" And it's hard to imagine some of these players becoming to the level of Messi or Ronaldo, but it certainly seems like a few are going to reach, if not those heights, a height that 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 makes us go wow, this is the best in class. Uh, let's let's move on. Obviously, we talked about the Sheen Trophy with. With uh, Donnarumma winning that and what that means, obviously being on the short list for the Ballon d'Or as well, the Club of the Year we discussed being Chelsea uh, striker of the year, as you mentioned, the the, the brand new award with Lewandowski, fifty four games, sixty four goals for Bayern and Poland in twenty twenty one, and then and then finally the women's Ballon d'Or with Alexia Putellas. Is is, is is was there anybody on that list knowing that there was a number of top quality players uh, this year? And and obviously, I thought it was a heartwarming story, an incredible story, an incredible player that uh, took Barcelona so far. But was there anybody on that list as well that you, you thought had was in contention going down to the final days? Honestly, all of them. Puteas has had a phenomenal season. Let's
1: not forget she scored in the Women's Champions League final, the 4-0 victory over Chelsea. I think she gets an assist as well. But what you see is a through ball for the third goal and the defender just touches it and then they score. So it doesn't technically count. But she is just... A phenomenal athlete. And the reason I say it was so open is not because she wasn't the favourite, but half of the Barcelona squad that won the Women's Champions League and had a tremendous domestic season as well were on that list as well. So Hermoso, very much a contender too. And I was a little bit disappointed, I guess, that the striker of the year award wasn't male and female, because then I think that Hermosa would have taken that. She's got almost 50 calendar year goals as well. So probably those two from Barcelona. And then you can definitely make cases as well from the WSL to particularly Fran Kirby, who has battled back from illness and had a standout season. And I think had Chelsea won the Women's Champions League, she would have been a really legitimate contender for the women's Ballon d'Or as well. Sam Kerr too, her strike partner, Kerr and Kirby, Kerby, as they're known, K-E-R-R-Dash, B-Y, uh, they're a great duo. And then Alex Scott was on our CBS Champions League studio making a case for Vivian Miedemar. As well. She's the record goalscorer in the FAWSL. I don't quite think she's been in the same category as the other names that I've mentioned in 2021. And obviously, Arsenal didn't get to the Champions League final or win it, but she, for me, is always in the equation for top players as well. So the women's list was much more competitive and open than the men's. I think five or six in the men's in the equation, but realistically only two Messi and Lewandowski. But I think for the women's shortlist, you were looking at six or seven, but Puteas. Was the obvious favorite and the rightful winner in my eyes?
0: Yeah, Viv Medema was one that I thought was had a little bit of that Lewandowski factor going back to 2019, 2020. Just their ability to score at the national team level and at the club level, sort of bringing Arsenal uh, up to to a, to a higher level in terms of her talent or ability to score goals. But ultimately falling short to people who are more deserving at the time. But when you look over these larger windows, you're like, how is how is she not in the how is she not winning these things? Because it just seems like. Every year she's great and somebody's just a little bit greater uh, when it it comes to winning those awards. Uh, Ben Jacobs, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any final thoughts about the award ceremony, any individual awards, the team award, anything that you want to get off your chest before we wrap this thing up?
1: It was just a quick question to you, actually, about the Americans. Obviously, Megan Rapinoe in 2019 won the women's Ballon d'Or. And only Sam Mewis was a sort of legitimate contender this time around. Christine Sinclair, if we're talking about North America too. And then on the male side, unsurprisingly, nobody of note, but with the US men's national team gearing towards Qatar 2022, a lot of people do think uh, Pulisic and so on could end up on the male shortlist. So I suppose my final thought, was on those lists, the most glaring omissions, male and female, was more of a U.S.
0: representation. Do you see that changing in 12 months? Uh, maybe not 12 months. I think Pulisic, uh, we're, we're finding out what he is in terms of a player. I think he still has a long ways to go in terms of reaching that that final shortlist. I think initial lists, he, he certainly has an argument when he's fit and healthy. The problem is that we're going through right now with a young Gio Reyna I would see him on a shortlist for the young players. I could see Serginho Dest on a shortlist for the young players, but we're, we're lacking that consistency right now. Some of those injuries, all three of those players that I mentioned have spent time on the sidelines, obviously same with Pedri, but um, I think the next generation of player, we're going to start to see more of those, obviously coming through those young player awards and then emerging perhaps on the, the longer list, but not quite the short list. And then hopefully we'll start to see players on these short lists and then work our way up to the top. I think we've got depth, uh may not be it might not be the players that we're seeing in the national team right now but we do i i do think Gio Reina has more upside than any of the players in the national team and we've yet to see him because of his recent injury uh so he's kind of not being spoken about as much Sergino Des, we'll see the player he becomes while 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 he's at Barcelona again Pretty simplistic, not a not a hidden talent by any means, but could Tyler Adams round the corner? Could Weston McKinney step their game up? It's tough to say. They're starting to settle in at big clubs, but to go from big clubs to being a star of a big club to then really be in the conversation for a ball on door or an individual award of the best players in the world, I still think we have a ways to go. And I'd like to see us start to get into that young player conversation because then not only does that mean you're young and unrealized uh, or untapped potential, but it means that those players are establishing themselves and contributing at a high level, at the biggest clubs in the world. And then from there, I think we can start the conversation to go beyond. I, I, know, I know that may, might be skirting around your question. I think in 12 months' time, we'll still be waiting to see if there's there's a player. But I think the next player that will be on this list will probably be Gio Reyna, unless I'm thinking of a player that's that's not even coming through yet. But that's that's the one that that I've got on my list to sort of break through and really start to disrupt a little bit of the, the impressions of of an American player and can they play at the highest level consistently at the biggest clubs and and, and be stars in those clubs. I love it, and I totally agree. All right, I like that. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for for watching and or listening to this. Make sure you comment, like, subscribe. Leave us a great comment. Leave us five stars uh, if you're listening to this on audio. And from Ben Jacobs and myself, thank you guys so much. We've got a lot more K Golasso action coming throughout the week, so make sure you have those notifications on. Stay tuned, and we will see you guys soon.